Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Lunch Hour with Renault. Hey guys. Um, my name is Joel. Over there is Renault, and we have with us an excellent guest who I'm super excited to introduce you to, and her name is Camille Wilson. Hello, Camille. Hi there. Camille, Thank you so, so much for being you. with us today. So Camille uh, is married to Jack Wilson, one of our elders here at Mosaic, and uh, Camille is an incredible godly woman who um, is going to bring some uh, super helpful content to our conversation today uh, because she is uh, very well-versed in what we're going to be talking about today. Um, we've been in a series uh, regarding spiritual disciplines, which, uh, as Renault often defines those, those are just the works of intimacy, the way that we work on having an intimate relationship with God, because every relationship requires work. Um, salvation does not require uh, any work of our own other than to believe in what Jesus has done on the cross, yet growing in a relationship with God does take work. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, which will be a lot of fun. Um, and then specifically today, we're going to be digging into the spiritual discipline of study. And uh, one of the reasons why we've asked Camille to join us today is because she is particularly passionate and gifted at study. Um, but specifically, uh, Camille plays a super special role on our teaching team here at Mosaic. And uh, and she uses her gifting and study to be able to benefit and bless the teaching team so that every sermon we preach uh, is more beautiful than it would be if we were just left to our own, uh, our own time schedules and um, skill sets. And so, Camille, thank you for being with us. Why don't you just, uh, real quick, as we jump in, tell us a little bit of, uh, about that role that you play on the teaching team uh, at Mosaic before we jump into our conversation together. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, well... Um, you know, you have provided uh, me with a chart of what you guys are uh, going to be preaching and the dates you're going to be preaching those things. And then Which, I, that usually remains fairly accurate. Y- yes. We make changes here and there. <laughs> yes, but, here yeah. and there. And then um, I will search out through commentaries, some that you have um, asked me to look through, and then whatever I have on my own and search out uh, information that I think is pertinent to those uh, scriptures. And then I will send those to you, and they're all shared with the teaching team. And then when you meet on Mondays, uh, I usually come to the team meeting, and we chat and talk and hash over and uh, enjoy sharing about those scriptures. Yeah, and it's been super helpful to have you, too. I mean, the amount of time and energy and effort that uh, Camille puts into our teaching team, and not only Camille, but also her daughter, Kelly, uh, who is uh, the wife of Josh Taylor, one of our other elders. So it's a fun family affair that uh, they both really dig in. And then Camille being a part of our team meeting has just been so great, too, to have a female perspective yeah. among us as we're, as I mean, we're I working think, you know, through it, all it, it has been incredibly amazing to watch how um, the transition from uh, study and teaching that was singularly me when this church started. I mean, it was, it was all on me. So you, you got a perspective that was purely uh, coming through my filters. Now, the Spirit of God was doing his thing, and he was uh, directing, but at the same time, the perspective was, was very narrow. And then as we got into a team uh, teaching model where there were a couple of people teaching and researching together, that enhanced things. And I would say that more recently, as Camille uh, jumped on and started joining our teaching team time, the uh, the perspective, the things we miss, we don't see, in the same study, in the same scripture that we're all studying, has been extraordinary, uh, partly because uh, it brings the female perspective, 
Uh, and since you know half the population practically uh, is uh, female, it, it, it's not really super fair that there's not that perspective. And now we have it, and that's been very helpful. But also more than just the female perspective, I think um, as we are digging into context, which really is what a lot of study boils down to, is understanding the context of something so that you can understand its accuracy, um, Camille brings a tremendous amount of context in her study uh, of the stuff we send her way, so that by the time we're sitting on Mondays and wrestling through a scripture for the next weekend, uh, she has such a handle on the context that helps us have a handle on the context. And you know, whenever we preach, what what we hear at Mosaic a lot is, "Man, you seem to just know the the whole story so well." I'm like, "Yeah, that's partly because of people like Camille who are helping us do that well." So yeah. it's been awesome, really that's has exciting. been cool. So we're talking about the spiritual discipline of study today. Just want to say hello to some uh, people that are with us uh, today. So my wife, Lauren, is with us. Yeah. Uh, we have Jenna Vanderweed. Uh, we've got Yara is with us. Natalie. Obi Diaz. Hey, Obi. Uh, oh, Caitlin. John and April Gill are with us. Uh, we got Carrie hey, Waters and Julie South joining us from Miami today. Uh, oh, my gosh. Praying for you guys. Yeah, we're praying for you guys. Praying for Watch Bella. Um, and uh, Billy Lotta is with us. So, hey, Billy, how you doing, man? He's a good friend of mine from our Mosaic at WDW campus. So uh, it's going to be a fun conversation today as we jump into uh, one of the spiritual disciplines, which is study. Um, I think a lot of times when we think about study, uh, we think about academia, maybe seminary, maybe Bible college, uh, but don't necessarily think about the everyday Christian life. And really, study is a huge uh, component uh, of that, and as we jump into, now we'll just say this, Joel, as well. Yeah. Th- something else we don't think about when we say the word study is intimacy. At least I don't. Yeah. Because the second you say study to me with my personality, it just feels heavy. I'm like, uh, <laughs> like great. there's a test. Coming. It feels like a test. It feels like an exam. It feels like something I have to pass. It feels like checking a box. Labor. And I kind of feel like. My relationship with God shouldn't be any of those things. Right. But what we discover in the discipline of study, when we understand it rightly, is that it actually becomes none of those things and becomes this beautiful journey into a discipline of intimacy. So I'll tell you, even from my personality, you say study, and I'm already like, shoot. Right. Like it feels like a work. Yeah. But not a, like, not, like not a fun work. But it can be something that we can, can be, be passionate about. Not only fun, yeah. but absolutely extraordinary and something you long for and look forward to every day. So, Camille, how did you develop a passion for studying? And, and, and before you jump into that, let me tell you, like, this woman, her face lights up at the opportunity <laughs> to dig into God's Word. Absolutely. And, and the things that she finds as she digs in. Um, and, man, it's so fun to just see... Uh, you know, the, the joy of the Lord coming over her as she's sharing what God has shown her. So how did you develop that love? What, what, what is the well, story Let me just that? make a comment to what you said. So uh, it's exciting to me when I, when I see that that uh, comes out and helps you all because I feel like God's got his hand right on me, and that's exciting to me. Mm. But so you asked how I came about enjoying studying, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. so... Um, I, I thought about this this morning because you had you had said that you would you know would touch on that, and so I brought visual aids. I brought my very first Bible that I ever got, and I brought my new purchase. So can um, I take a look at your first one? My first Bible is from my father-in-law. Oh, they gave sweet. my in-laws gave me this for my 18th birthday. Awesome, awesome. And I had he wrote a scripture here, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. I had this baby girl had no idea how to <laughs> what that meant, how to look it up. I didn't know what what in the world that was going on, 
And so um, this was just a beautiful book that sat in our home. Awesome. And when I turned 23, uh, some folks from our church that we were currently going to came to visit and they said, um, we, we are out uh, chatting with folks and we are trying to win servants for the Lord. And we wondered if we could uh, uh, just bounce what we're doing off of you. And I said, well, sure. And so <laughs> it was not too very tricked. long into that conversation <laughs> that we all realized I did not have a relationship with the Lord. So wow. uh, this precious lady uh, helped me, you know, get this wonderful relationship to the, with the Lord. She sent me flowers the next day and a phone call that said, I've signed you up for Bible study. You will go next week. And Amazing. the rest is history. She mentored me and made sure that I was constantly studying his word and seeking him. And um, so I'll tell you this, when I first, I'm, I don't like the word study or even the word intellectual because I'm not an intellectual. And so when I look at that and uh, to begin with, I think, oh, oh, what is that? I have absolutely no idea what that is. And once I accepted him into my heart, my first miracle was I could turn to Second Chronicles seven fourteen and go, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land, and I can go, ah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then this is my most recent. You, you guys know I have an addiction to buying Bibles, and so uh, this is my newest purchase, and it is a, a study Bible by Warren Wearsby. I love that guy. Oh yeah. And um, so I, you know, on any given day, there are four, you know, study Bibles in my study area. There's 13 Bibles in my office. So yeah, I'm addicted. <laughs> but awesome. hey, you know, I feel like if you're actually reading them, then it's okay. You know, <laughs> they're they're all right. out. And, and about we're going to get to down the road, we're going to have some conversations about addiction. And I think uh, Bible addiction is going to be one that we're going to go ahead and say, that's going to be an okay yeah, addiction. You said that yeah. was all right. You, you said that was okay. So, yeah. And I, I, I do love to, and, and we're going to get into this a little bit more as we step into our time together today. But, you know, what you're starting to hint at is that um, studying the Bible uh, does require some tooling. Uh, it doesn't require a seminary degree. It doesn't require uh, an intellectual mind. It requires the Spirit of God in you, which you get when you receive Jesus, and it requires some good tools. And when you have good tools, then you're able to jump into studying some of the realities of Scripture and the context really well. And what we have an advantage in today is that there are an incredible amount of good tools. Now, there's also an incredible amount of just tools and we have to sort through some of the good ones. But when you have some good tools, like a good study Bible, then study becomes an adventure, not a chore. Right. And that's what you're beginning, you've, you, you began to find. And now you're like, I got five study Bibles and I'm going to them and I'm getting perspective. And, and that does start making the, 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 the discipline of study an adventure it rather is. than it's a fun. chore. It's yeah. fun to see what he's going to show you yeah. for sure. Right. Well, very cool. Well, I am super grateful that God has has given you this passion because we are benefiting from it here at Mosaic. Um, so, you know, developing a love for study is something I think, um, you know, people who might have maybe more Renault's personality might think just seems uh, so so far off, like so difficult to get to. I mean, even my personality, really, it's not my favorite thing on earth to do. I've, I, I've had to develop a love, but like, um, where do you kind of begin your journey if you're looking to kind of, okay, 
I want, I want to grow in my intimacy with God. I want to grow in my understanding of his word. Um, where do I start? What, yeah. what does that look like? I, I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all because we're all different and diverse. Yeah. You know, like, you, like if you're going to take up exercising and you decide running is your thing that you want to do, you're not going to run 10 miles tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to figure out how that exercise routine works for you. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, having that relationship with him is key. You've got to have a relationship with Christ. And then I think you need to be in a gathering. Uh, uh, you need to have mentors. Like I was very blessed with a mentor. Um, at, at the present time, I mean, there's many times I study things on my own, but I have a, a study partner, and we, we are on a path of what we're doing always. We meet weekly. Um, and we go over what it is that we saw um, in the scriptures and whatever we're bringing to that table. Um, I think there's so, many. So before you keep going, so, you know, if someone's brand new in this journey, it sounds like what you're saying is, hey, like, don't don't try to, uh, you know, do what someone else does necessarily. Find, find something that works for you. Yes. Um, and then maybe get someone who maybe they're not showing you exactly what to do or, or telling you what they do, but someone helping you along in your journey. Yes, and I think you're always going to get a blessing. I mean, if you, um, if you start into a Bible study and you find it's way over your head and you don't like it, um, I mean, you're, God's going to bless whatever you did, but it might be best to search for something. I, like I, um, uh, I, I like things that are user-friendly. There's a good word things that make sense that are more simple because I think the gospel is simple. He has not made this hard. He made it easy for us to accept him. Um, so I, I, now, but I mean, there's definitely people that I know that like real intellectual highbrow things. Um, I heard a pastor one time preach and his opening line was, let's talk about a fish throwing up. And so I'll never, ever forget that, that message on Jonah and the whale. Right. But, I mean, there are some people that were in that gathering that were like, oh, my word, did he really just use the word throw up from the pulpit? You know? <laughs> Mild comparatively to what we do here, Mosaic. Oh, Christians. Oh, I knew right away. Back this in the was day. My, I, just, I knew right away these were my peeps. But in, in any event, um, you know, find out what works for you, just like... Uh, an, an exercise program or a diet program, what works for you? And God will, I mean, you give him an inch and he will take a mile. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I do think, I, I love the comparison that you made to exercise because I, I do think a lot of times when we're stepping into something brand new, so, you, you know, study hasn't been a, a big part of what you've done and you're kind of thinking to yourself, I, I'd like to develop the discipline of study. When, when we do that, one, finding the, the, the program or the tools that are best for you is important. But the other thing you said that's huge is find a partner. Uh, you know, I, I, I know for exercise, uh, yeah. once you're into exercise and you're doing it and yeah. it's a love of yours, needing a partner is not that, that essential. It's nice to have, but it's not a need. But when you first get started, I mean, who wants yeah, to go to the gym day three, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, really. But if, if someone's yeah. waiting at that gym for you to meet right. you, then you show up. Yeah. And so I think in study... Because it is a little bit of a, um, a discipline that requires some equipping, some actually getting equipped to do it, it is a fantastic idea to have a partner. And I love the way you just said, I have a study partner, not a study mentor, not a, just someone that we've said together, hey, you want to do this? 
and then we've tooled up together, we've gotten some advice from people we trust, and we're starting to do it together. I think that's a fantastic idea and a great way to start. Yeah, that and so iron when you, sharpening iron yeah. things in there. Mm. That's right, yeah, iron sharpening iron, absolutely. But, like, do, when you do have a study partner, are you usually, like, choosing a study that you're going through together? She you're choosing I, the she same book? I, I, up in, um, I'm going to say 2012, I think it was, I started doing chronological read-through. And so I have you know, convinced many people to do this with me, um, and it's been so fun. But when I landed up on her, I'm going to say probably seven, eight years ago, something of this nature, uh, she and I clicked, and so we constantly keep doing this. We've done it in King James. We've done it in um, NIV, New American Standard, whatever. We've done all kinds of different versions of the Bible, and uh, we see something new every single time. Each of us brings in other things every time, and it's just really fun. Like, for, for example, today I read um, something in Second Samuel that completely tracked with First Chronicles, right. and then maybe we threw in a couple of Psalms, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. And in that you go, oh, my goodness, isn't this really cool? She and I really like that. It's something that clicked. Each year we think, okay, maybe God will release us and he won't want us to do this again. And then, boom, the other, you know, pretty soon we realize, okay, we're hooked. We want to do it again. Yeah. So awesome. right now that's where we are. So I do think one of the things that, like, whether it's, you know, using continuing to go on the, uh, the exercise analogy, you know, when you begin to start to see – a bit of results mm-hmm. that there's a benefit to what you're doing there is a positive addiction that comes with that there's there's like a, a a moment where you realize all of my effort has not been in vain and i think unfortunately what happens so often is people quit before that happens right and that that's true in exercise but even more tragically so that's true with study that it's um it's very difficult to uh to kind of keep digging through when you don't feel like there's any results yet. And so I think a lot of times people will end up quitting. And so, um, you know, studying the Bible, I think a lot of people kind of throw their hands up in the air and just say, it's all too hard for me to understand. It's too big. I don't understand how does Second Chronicles and Second Samuel uh, fit together. I don't understand that. What, what, what's the difference between Proverbs and Ruth and First Peter? You know, um, I mean, I think people just kind of look at the Bible and it just it's it's intimidating, you know. Um, But like, why do you think um, beyond that? Why do you think studying the Bible is a challenge for most people? I mean, I think um, I think if we can kind of stare that into the face for a minute and just say, okay, let's be honest, it's hard. It's not easy. Um, It's not impossible. It's totally possible for everyone, not just Renault. Um, but all of us can study God's word and grow from it. But what makes people quit before that? Like, what well, you I, you know, it's a, it's an instant society. I mean, we want, we want to take a pill and have our fat. We keep talking about our bods, but I mean, uh, people want to take a pill and have it take your fat away or yeah, something. You right. know, they don't want to do the work to get rid of it. Um, I think it's, it's like that. People want an instant. Uh, they want this to come instantly. They don't want to have to put any work in. And so if I talk with somebody like that, I woo them in. I say, okay, you know, here's what we're reading right now. Um, get your Bible app. Everybody surely has a Bible app on their phone or their device or whatever. And whatever that scripture is, if you, if you tell me you don't have time to read that, I have one friend that listens to it while she's fixing her hair in the morning before she goes to work. Yeah. 
let that Bible app read to you, and I guarantee you, you are going to something's going to spark an interest. You're going to you're going to look at it later. You're going to look into it. Um, but I think that uh, people want instant whatever. Yeah, I think that's why, like in our culture, we like we have this kind of like Pinterest. I get my you know Bible verse of the day kind of attitude about spirituality in, in general. That's why these disciplines are, are disciplines, you know, that it's, it's, it requires commitment. It requires, you know, and so I think, um, yeah, we live in a very instant society and the discipline of study is not an instant thing. Like you pretty much know if, if you've ever done study before, you know this, but if you've, you've not done it before, just know once you begin the process of studying, it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland. There's, there's rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole to learn more and more and more and to grow more and more and more. Um, and it's not quick. It usually takes a yeah. good amount of time. And I, I think the other thing, and, and I think, Joel, because rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole is a reality when you get into the scriptures. Yeah. And we're dealing with something that was written in a different cultural context, mm-hmm. in a different historical context with words that don't make a whole lot of sense half the time, uh, written in different concepts languages. that don't make a lot, whole lot of sense half the time, then things are being said about the gospel that you're like, I don't even know what that means. Then he says all sorts of weird stuff that you're like. So when you come to church and you're, and you're in a space where uh, the people that are teaching are taking the time to do all the work of the study and they can bring light to these things. This says this, it sounds super weird, but here's what it actually means. You feel empowered. But the trouble is you feel empowered because you're sitting and this person who studied is telling you what it means. Yeah. And you think to yourself, there is no way I could have known that. There is no way I could ever know that without showing up at church. So I think part of the reason why people do not study the word of God is they start someday. They read the first three paragraphs of whatever book they're getting into and they're like, I have no idea what I just read. And I have no idea how to find out what it means. And so we get intimidated. We believe that we don't have the tools or the intellect to be able to, to, to engage in it. And we just give up. And then what happens is we go to this like, just give me a verse that makes sense with a little paragraph underneath in a devotional book yeah. that is applicable to my day. And I feel like I'm good. But yeah, it's, And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing, no. It's not bad to go do you know look at pinterest with pretty handwriting and scripture verses and get your experience from that that's fine it's not bad to listen to you know a a sermon online it's not bad to do it's just not study and so you know when we're talking about study just recognizing that yeah one thing that we do is not exactly another thing and none of these are bad that's right it's not like the trouble is we give up on the study portion because we feel like we can't that's just the bottom line there's no way i can And I I think that that's been part of what's been such an incredible adventure for me is that um, most of what I know of scripture that I've studied isn't because I went to a seminary at some point. I went to a Bible college. It's actually been all the years after that learning at the Bible college. Oh, there's all these tools that have done all the historical research for you and things. And you can go and read very quickly and go, Oh, that's the history of this. Oh, that's the reality. Oh, that's what this Greek word means. Right. You don't have to study the language of Greek to be able to understand what a Greek word means. 
you can go to a study note and they'll tell you. And a good study Bible will send you on all of those little and trails. The, and that's, I think, the beauty is one of the biggest ways to overcome the, um, the fear that I can't, it's too complicated, is to start with one simple tool. So maybe a partner is, is a great idea to start with, but also just a great tool and a great starting tool, and we'll get into tools a little bit more, but a great starting tool is a good study Bible. Because what a study Bible does is it gives you right there while you're reading a little extra insight. Right. And I was actually looking at my, my phone. We're in First Peter right now. Yeah. So obviously Camille's doing a ton of study in First Peter. Joel and the team uh, is. I am. And we're reading a lot of material, a lot of history, and a lot of stuff. But the study Bible that I have, the ESV study Bible. So I remember in First Peter uh, when we were dealing with this. Just, just listen to this. It's, it's, it's super crazy. Um, so here's a verse. Uh, verse 19 of 1 Peter chapter 2 says, For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. So this is a gracious thing that you suffer unjustly. Now we normal people, you and me, we, we read that and we're like, don't know what it means. Why is it a gracious right. thing? Doesn't then, sound gracious. Then, then this is so cool. Study notes. ESV study Bible. Gracious thing comes from the word grace, gives you the Greek word, and in this context seems to be synonymous with credit, which is sometimes in the Greek language used that way. Both words indicate that God's people will receive a reward from him if they endure suffering righteously. And then it tells you where credit comes from, how that works. You're done reading this little paragraph and you're like, oh, Oh, a gracious thing means there's a reward, a benefit to enduring righteously in this way because, and you didn't go to church, you didn't hear me preach, you just read a study note in a study Bible and and once that starts happening more often, you know this and you know this, you're like, what's the next study note say? What if there's more? And what if there's more? And then it becomes incredible. One of the things that I think was so profound for me kind of um, in my journey of study is to realize, like you said earlier, Camille, the gospel is simple. Um, So simple that a child can understand it. In, In fact, Jesus says, you ought to have faith like a child, right? The gospel is simple, and everything that we need to know is simple. Um, however, there is more beauty and complexity that can be found, more layers that, than we could ever imagine to what God was up to when he said, let me do this uh, whole creation thing and redemption thing. There's so much to it. And the analogy uh, was that, Everything we need for the gospel, if you look at it like a bookcase, uh, is on the bottom shelf. Everything we need for salvation. It's all accessible to the littlest person. Uh, it's all on the bottom shelf. We can all understand it. However, the shelf extends up into eternity. Yep. And that, I think, is it's probably the coolest thing to me, is that I've been following Jesus for a few years now, and I am nowhere near bored with the gospel, oh, exactly. bored with the Bible, bored with, with what can be learned and, and, and how much more I can understand the beauty of the gospel as a result of digging in. So and, and, you know, as we think about this, um, you know, this eternal uh, book bookcase, right? Um, you know, some of the bottom, bottom shelf stuff, it's just the very simple truths of the gospel. But man, 
why wouldn't we want to continue going up the shelf to learn more and more? And everything you learn up here ought to make the thing on the bottom shelf more beautiful. More beautiful. Right? And, right. And, I, and I think that that's, so true. That, you know, the, the two things that come from that is one, it's not that I know this now, now I'm advancing into more complex things. It's this, the more I understand the complexities, the more beauty, the sim- beautiful the simplicity becomes. Yes. So and so the things that actually matter to everyday life are, are mostly on the bottom shelf. But to have those things continue to enhance in my clarity and understanding of them, it's me moving up in this understanding and study. And I think two things I've realized that have been very helpful for me. One, that I have come to the place in my life now where I've, I've sort of concluded I don't have enough life to live to be able to actually grasp That's all of this. So the adventure, you, you suddenly one day you go, you mean I don't get bored? You mean I don't actually finish? Like yeah. there's too much to still discover that I know I have breath for. So now you almost are like, I want to dig as fast as I can to at least get as much as I can. Second of all, and I, and I think then in the tooling of that, okay, I want to go do this. I want to go discover the adventure is, is, is ahead. I used to think naively that commentaries or study Bibles were just someone else's opinion about the scripture. And I, I used to say to myself, I, I don't want to read other people's opinion on this. Like, you know, like, like a commentary is just, here's my opinion, what's yours? But actually what study Bibles and commentaries are, are people that have done a tremendous amount of work and research that are looking into the historical context right. and the biblical context. A commentary is very often not actually an opinion it's very often just additional facts and material right. that are not in the verse directly that you ought to know that you may not know, like original language, like historical context, like all of that. So it's an incredibly yeah. useful thing to have tools like that. I, that's a really good point, Renaud. And the one, the one thing that you keep making me think of is when you download tr- his truth then you can recognize if something's not right because Ooh, that's all, good. everything that you come upon mm-hmm. is not of of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are mm-hmm. false mm-hmm. things out there and, the time, and yeah. you need to know what his truths are and yep. know what he says so that when you look at things or if you hear somebody preach something and it's, and it's not lining up with what you know a solid truth is, then you'll you'll know that's not somebody you would want to follow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and we say this a lot from the pulpit. Just because it's in the Christian section of, of the uh, the Amazon bookstore, right? Just because it's in the Christian section doesn't mean it's helpful or good. And the more that we become familiar with God's word, the more we can accurately identify. Hey, this is truth, and this is garbage, and there's a lot of garbage out there. And and followers of Jesus, uh, unfortunately, because of the lack of the spiritual discipline of study in the church today, followers of Jesus are often very vulnerable to some mm-hmm. really bad teaching that's out there. So, and so then, guess what? Our only option becomes as a church is tell you not to read anything. Oh my gosh, this new novel series came out. Don't read it. It's bad. It's or oh this new this new video. Oh, don't. And we boycott everything and we, we yeah. ban everything and we keep you from everything because you have no discernment. Yeah. But, but the truth is the real value is as we study and know the character of God, the ways of God, the word of God yeah. through the spirit of God. That's good. Then it gives us the freedom to engage in the broad wonder of all the information out in the world because right. we can discern what is of God or aligns with 
the ways of God and what doesn't. Right. So discernment clearly is a benefit of studying the Bible where we, where we know the truth versus what's not true. Um, what have some other benefits uh, been in your personal life as you've dug into the spiritual discipline of study? Like for the, for, you know, the person watching and sitting in and, li- and listening in with us today who's saying, okay, should I jump into the spiritual discipline of study? What, what kind of impact should they expect in their lives? Not day one, not day two, not day five uh, or, or week three, but, you know, six months, a year, two years, five years, ten years from today. Or, frankly, day one, day three, day yeah, seven. And that, too. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, I always tell folks. But um, you, you, you know this, that, that benefit of growing closer to him um, and also a huge benefit for me always is when any time I put myself in his word, I give him an access to me. I give him an avenue to me. And that way he can help direct Miss Camille around. Because Miss Camille on her own. Yeah. But fueled by him, um, mm-hmm. I, I always laugh and, and joke that I shop with the Holy Spirit, you know? <laughs> Jack says sometimes I don't listen to him, you know. Well. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like if I've got his word planted in me, if I touch base with him, if I'm in him, I give him avenues to uh, help solve problems I've got going on. Um, it, I, and God winks. You talk about God winks. I call them God winks. If you look for them, if you're in his word or you expose yourself to him, he is going to wink at you. You're going to see things that are completely just germane to you. Um, don't you find this? You get Yeah, it? I mean, and David said this in Psalm 119, 105. He said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, right? Yeah. And and. When and I'm going to hide your word in my heart That's so it. that I won't sin against you. And then listen you. to this. Uh, Timothy writes, I mean, Paul writes to Timothy, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. So there's the outward, right? But also for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God, a woman of God, may be complete, equipped for every good work. Right. So I mean, this... When, when I'm studying the Word of God, one of the benefits is that the Word of God, which is a living, breathing thing through the Spirit, actually reproofs, corrects, reshapes, realigns, recalibrates me and equips me for the great freedom and good works in which I walk. That is certainly one of the giant benefits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's a lot of really fun uh, conversation going on in the comments section, which I love. That's so great, guys. Thanks for interacting. That's so fun. And uh, they're, they're talking about, okay, well, you know, uh, how do we find some good study Bibles? How do we find some good commentaries? Yeah. And, and I love uh, hearing that. And, you know, one of the things that we do uh, on our teaching team as we approach uh, a, a book of the Bible um, is, is we'll ask some, you know, some people who we trust theologically what they're studying, and we go and study those people. And so, you know, for us, one of the one of the the groups of people and pastors that we trust a lot around here uh, is the Gospel Coalition. Yeah, and awesome. the Gospel Coalition's great because uh, they're not trying to necessarily tackle every particular detail and aspect of theology, but they are trying to keep us all centered on what what the gospel is saying yeah. and what the gospel. Uh, you know, how it should apply to our lives and how we should teach it in the church. And so, um, you know, you'll find some really great authors and resources on the Gospel Coalition. 
and the people that they will recommend in terms of commentaries are are very trustworthy. So yeah, generally speaking, I think um, whenever we come into these spaces, there's a there's a small group of people that if they recommend someone or they recommend something, I don't really even ask a whole lot of questions. I go, I'm sure it's going to be great. Now that doesn't mean I'm sure it's the scriptures, but I, I'm sure I can generally trust it. And then there's other people that sometimes they recommend good stuff, sometimes not so good, so I have to take it with a grain of salt. And then some people I'm like, yeah, if they recommend it, I'm probably not going to read it, actually. <laughs> um, the Gospel Coalition falls into that first category. If they recommend it, I'm generally making the assumption that it's, it's going to be good. Um, yeah. I d- I'm going to just backtrack yeah, slightly because we were talking about benefits yeah. and um, you know, some of these uh, realities from, from day one. Um, and then nine months, a year, whatever. One of the benefits that I think is tremendous in study specifically versus just kind of like, um, you know, the, the, hearing the word of God uh, preached or, uh, for example, um, jumping into a devotional, which are great spaces, but from study is that um, God revealed himself through his word. And specifically what, I, what I've come to conclude is that God has revealed his character. God has revealed his ways. And God has revealed his story, his rescue of us, the gospel, right? The redemptive story. So those are the, the, the broad, large categories that the Bible is. And I think one of the benefits of study is this, that when I'm in relationship with, anywhere, with anyone, with Joel over the years, with Camille, Amanda, whatever, I, I don't realize this, but every single day I'm, I'm actually studying them and they're studying me. We just are studying each other through conversation, through observation, through getting to know details, questioning, or actually, oddly enough, I thought about this driving over here, through constantly clarifying context. So Joel will say something and I'll go, oh, I'm sorry, what did you mean by that? Or when you sent me that text, did you mean this? No, 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 I didn't, I didn't mean that. I meant this other thing. Oh, well, I was with my wife at the time and then she said, oh. And, and over time, as we are just nonstop throughout the day, clarifying context, gaining context, clarifying meaning, checking in. We are studying. We are studying one another. And what is that study doing? I'm getting to know Joel's character. I'm getting to know Joel's story and, and his part in things. Our relationship develops, and I'm getting to know Joel's ways, the way he thinks, the way he does things, what, what he loves, scary. what he hates. It's very scary. Um, <laughs> and so we see that in, 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 in each friendship uh, in each relationship, whether a spousal relationship, a friendship, um, or even, frankly, a workplace, we are studying so that we can know this person's character, this person's ways, this person's story. And I then see where you're that, going with this. I know. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so from the second I get a good tool that can help me clarify context, yeah. that can give me some, some historical or biblical concept, that can give me some meaning, that can show me beyond what I think I'm hearing and see what I'm hearing... I'm immediately, the day I start doing that, I'm getting to know some things about God I may not have understood before, some ways, God's ways I may not have known before, why they matter, and aspects of the redemptive story that I may not have been clear on. And from the second that starts happening, my benefit is that I know God better. I know me better. I know us better. And so I know how to live life better. And that's going to produce freedom upon freedom upon freedom. Yeah, I and think so, it's cool because a, once you get to know someone so well, you can pretty much <laughs> predict what they're going to do yep. or what they're going to say in any given circumstance. Now, here's how that plays out. A lot of times people are wondering, what is God's will in the midst of this circumstance? 
it's a lot easier to figure that out when we have gotten to the place where we know God well enough because we've studied his word, we've gotten into the context, yep. we, have, we have bathed ourselves in, in the character and in the nature and in the person of God through his word that just like Renault can probably predict how I'm going to react to a certain scenario, uh, Renault can also predict what God is doing and what God is up to. And now, of course, his ways are higher than ours. Yeah, totally. He's sovereign. We're limited. There is a limitation to this reality. However, we're not just guessing at what God might be up to because we have thousands and thousands of pieces of information and context and his word to base this life upon where we can say, you know what? Here's what I don't know for sure, but here's what I do know for sure. sure. And I know this because I've studied it. So for example, I'll often say, I don't know why Joel said that to you. Someone might come to me and say, Joel said this thing to me. I'll go, I don't exactly know why Joel may have said that to you, but I can promise you this. Whatever he meant, it's not what you think he meant because I know Joel and I know his heart. So for example, there's, there's an example. God, God is, I read something in scripture, I'm like, I'm not sure what this might mean, but I already know who God is yeah. because I've been studying, so I know it doesn't mean this. Or in the same vein, I will be reading a scripture that maybe I haven't encountered in years, or maybe for some of you who have never read through the Bible that you encounter for the first time. And um, for example, me, I've, I've now been studying the scriptures, and I mean studying at the point, at the level we're talking about. Um, for decades, not years, but decades, studying context and historical context and Jewish context and Old Testament context. So now when I read anything in the Bible, I've already got this broad scope context, kind of like the way I know my wife or I know my friends that, that I didn't know before, but I know well now. It also helps you find meaning quickly in the things you're studying. So studying becomes easier. You already make assumptions when you're studying hard passages. So just across the board, Getting to know someone, including getting to know God through study, becomes more and more helpful as we journey. And that's a giant benefit. So a real quick question on a very practical level. Um, Crystal Pitts is asking, and it's a great question, um, and specifically to Camille, can you speak into the practicality of keeping regular study present in the life of a busy mom of multiple children? Um, You know, I I know that... uh, you're not in the little little kid stage right. anymore. But I was. But you were, and, and you have experience in that. What does it look like to continue to have um, positive uh, spiritual disciplines, especially the discipline of study? How do you do that when you're in the midst of diaper changes? Take him to Oxum, give him hot chocolate, <laughs> and sit there, and we can chat. I'll see you there. <laughs> well, I... I, I see would, her there all the time. Yeah. What's up? Um... When my kids were little, I was in the process of learning the little Bible verses that I did not learn as a kid because I didn't come up that way learning who, you know, uh, Daniel and the lion's den were. So I learned all that fun stuff with my kids. So that was play for us. We would do kid Bible studies. Um, I guarantee you, Crystal, if you jump into whatever's going on with your kids, God will bless you as well. I promise you that right there. But um, in this day and age, children, when they, when they take naps, um, you know, listen to a podcast or grab that Bible or um, 
you know, definitely I would think it would, would have been so fun years ago if I would have had that Bible app to read to me, <laughs> you know, where I, right. if I'm, you know, doing the dishes or, you know, vacuuming or whatever it would have been, I think that would have been really fun. But um, it involved those kids. Um, yeah. And then I, I, really I, I'm just going to throw something on this because, uh, you know, being busy a lot and, and I have the luxury that part of my job and calling is to study the Bible, so it kind of forces my hand a bit. But I often think to myself, man, if this wasn't actually necessary, how would I pull this off? Yeah. And one of the things um, uh, that, that I would highly recommend for any of you that are wondering, how do I find the time to study the Bible? There's an assumption that studying the Bible requires like an hour set aside quietly. So I used to, uh, I love watching movies, as you guys, uh, many of you know, but I have a ton of meetings. So what I used to do is I used to have a, a DVD, a movie in my computer, and I'd watch like 10 minutes of it, and then a meeting would start. So I'd, I'd pause, I would stop it, then I'd have my meeting. Then there's a 15-minute break between the next meeting, and I'd watch another 10 minutes of it. And over a three or four-day period of time, guess what I got to do? Watch an entire movie yeah. in little increments. Yeah. The Bible lends itself to studying that way as well. Yeah, the Bible's not going anywhere. Yeah, if <laughs> you have a great study tool. Yeah. So, man, you've got 15 minutes here, but you're in, the, you're in the middle of studying the book of 2 Samuel, but you're on chapter seven. So you jump in your Bible, you take 10 minutes, read the next verse, look at some study notes. Oh, the kid's crying, back to that. Yeah. Like study doesn't have to be something that's right. this big thing set aside. It can be it's an true. ongoing thing. Yeah. And I, at this stage of our life, we live in Eustis, which is a 45 minute drive from here. And I utilize that car time. I listen to all kinds of stuff in the car. Um, you know, Christian radio or e- even um, like the Z, Z88.3, any of, anything that you plant inside yourself, God can use that. But so right now in my life right now, I have a, I log a lot of car time. And so I utilize so that car time. That. Um, you know, if I, if, I mean, even to listen to, listen to the passage we're going to study about in first Peter over and over and over again, before I get here. That's great. Um, or uh, if something happened and we had to be out of town, I'll pull up whatever their message was and I listen to you guys on the way so I know what you did, you know. The weeks before. The week before. And this is a but, good reminder too that a lot of the tools are actually audio now and yeah. video a lot now. Of tools so they're not audio. just, you need a book. So you, you, can, be, read a you book. can be studying the Bible <laughs> yeah. while driving your car. Yeah, yeah and one, one Bible study tool that's video driven that I really love and recommend, we used it during. Uh, the intro of first Peter, but it's the Bible project, Mm. uh, man, they are so well done. So well researched. They're actually very kid friendly as Mm -hmm. well. So crystal project.com. Well, I mean, you can just go on YouTube and and go to the Bible project. They have an excellent YouTube page. It scares me, but because there's so much out there that you Google something like that and there's nine Bible project things. No, no, there's one extremely good Bible project. Um, If you, if you, if you Google it, they're, they're at the top. So, um, so Crystal, you know, I don't, I don't know the age of your kids, but man, um, you know, just along the lines of what Camille said, man, include your kids in that because those things are really kid friendly because they use cartoons to illustrate what they're saying. But the information they're giving is completely at a at an adult level, but it's simply given so that it's it's good for kids too. So I would highly recommend that. And then the one other thing I'd like to add for this, Crystal, for this question is give yourself a little grace um, we have a newborn baby in our home, and I know that it is very difficult to get a spare minute to, to do much of anything uh, beneficial in life. And a lot of times you're, you're picking between brushing your teeth and studying the Bible and, 
um, you may want to brush your teeth. So that's that's and, that, and that's okay. So give yourself time. It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Uh, know the Bible's not going to go anywhere. Use some tools. You redeem your travel time. Do all of these things, but just give yourself a little grace in the process. Yeah. Well, and and what Renault said too. Um, also, when you know, I I love to read. Am I always reading a Christian based book? Uh, maybe not. Um, Am I always watching everything that's completely, you know, a Christian, totally Christian film or whatever? Maybe not. So don't beat yourself up if you are in the world and you partake of the world. Um, So I love to read. So I might not always be reading the Bible. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, A great question as well um, from Natalie Gonzalez. She asks, are there any tools that is used to study the scriptures in their original text? And I think she means the original language. The answer to that is is yes. First of all, a good Bible translation is the number one thing you need to do. So um, choose a good Bible translation. We love the English Standard Version. There are other good versions of the Bible. Use a good Bible translation because the reality is, unless you're going to take multiple years of seminary-level classes to learn Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, studying the Bible in, their, in the original language is going to be really difficult to do because they're dead languages it's old. yeah and, and ultimately just know this because of the particular information age we live in yeah if you have a good study bible they are going to tap into original language in the notes they whenever will. it is important and applicable and so you don't have to study these original languages if you really love if language like, this is like you can also on a very simple level get a good lexicon yeah. which is going to break down every verse into its original language and give you meaning yeah. that's helpful there's also a, a greek interlinear bible um, that's yep. really helpful uh, a hebrew and greek interlinear bible so what you'll what you'll see is you'll see the the hebrew or the greek words depending on old testament new testament You'll see it, and it will be literally side by side. But you have to have some level of understanding of those languages to be able to utilize those well. However, what you'll be able to do is tag that along with the lexicon. So when you see a particular word, it it just makes it really easier for you to be like, oh, what does sozo mean? Okay, I can look that up. Sozo in a lexicon or um, a concordance. Now, the the trick to this is, uh, and this is one of the things I think we got into for a while, a number of years ago, and and less so now, but the idea was if you can understand the original word, then you understand the verse or the text. And I'm like, that is not true at all. No, not at all. A lot of times, actually, it muddies the waters. Yeah, and and the reason for that is um, Greek especially is an extremely um, descriptive language. And, and, you know, you could take one word and actually, the, without the context of all the other Greek words yep. around it, you could take that and actually you're not understanding what, exactly. it, what it's supposed to mean within the sentence. And so you have to be careful with so, that. So, yeah. so I would just, unless you really know the original languages personally, um, having the right study Bibles, the right commentaries, that's really your your key way yeah. of engaging an original language because they're going to engage in it for you and, and be very helpful. Yeah, unless you're going to get a, uh, a PhD in divinity, like yeah. you probably don't need to do much with yeah. the original languages. And, you know, um, you know, Joel mentioned um, versions. I just think it's important here in this space as well. Um, look, there's a number of good versions and there's a number of versions that we really aren't sure are, are great yeah. for study, especially for study in the context of study. But a couple of the versions that you can know right off the bat that, that we would say, 
these are safe versions to play in, and it's now a preference reality in the yeah. way. Uh, NIV is usually a great safe version. The King James version or New King James version, they're safe versions. They're going to have some different things in. The um, uh, New American Standard version is a safe version. The uh, e uh, English Standard version, ESV, that we use is a safe version. Uh, we use the ESV. We really like that. Uh, but I used NIV for a long time in my life as well. It's easier to memorize in. Um, so in general, those are, there's others as well, but those are mainline ones that you like, know that you're really in good shape from a study perspective. And then the same with the study Bibles. The study Bible, the NIV study Bible, the ESV study Bible, the study Bible you mentioned, there's a number of good study Bibles in all of those versions that work. I will just say this, that the ESV study Bible specifically, I've been using for a couple of years now, the notes in that Bible are, are of the best I've ever found. Absolutely. Just so, so good. So, Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, as we as we think about all the different tools that are out there, I mean, at the end of the day, just starting very simply yep. with, okay, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to observe what I'm reading, observation, right, and then I'm going to uh, step into some interpretation, saying, hey, what what do I observe in this, and what what do I think this means, right? And then the most important part of Bible study ought to be application, right? Yeah. Like, once I know what the Bible is saying and what it means when it's saying what it's saying, am I going to actually do anything about it? You I know, have. James warns, uh, warns us against, you know, hearing, being hearing, uh, hearers of the word but not doers of the word. And, and, you know, study what it really should do in our lives. Again, going back to what Renault started with, um, is that this is a work of intimacy, right? It's a, yep. it's, it's a spiritual discipline that ought to move us to a greater understanding of God, his word, our life, the gospel, yep. and then how we apply that. And in that journey, just for you guys uh, that, are, that are asking the questions, where do I get started? How do I start? So we, we've said now, get one simple good tool, maybe a good study Bible. That's helpful. Get a partner maybe that will help. But also here's another one. From a study perspective, pick a book that is going to be one that gives you that initial entry point in study. Like when you go to a new gym, they don't go, we're going to roll into the big weights. We start small. So for example, pick a book like Philippians or Ephesians or Colossians or Galatians, one that's going to be very practical, short, easy to study, make observations. Don't pick Leviticus or uh, you know, um, Deuteronomy or beautiful books to study, but you may want to start somewhere relatively um, with a relatively good entry point that's yeah. very applicable. Yeah. And, and that just makes it easier. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you find a Bible study uh, like Jen Wilkins or, you know. Come on now. That kind of thing. If you find a person with a Bible study like that, you can even do it on your own. Yes. And, and I do think like, yeah, stepping into a not, and there's a very big difference between a devotional, which is nothing wrong with a devotional, and a Bible study. A devotional is here's a verse, here's some thoughts on that verse, maybe a story about, you know, uh, what the author experienced. Those are fine and great and good, and we can... They're just not study. That's all. That is not right. Bible study. Right. If you want to do some great Bible study, man, Jen Wilkin, uh, uh, she has a great uh, Bible study on First Peter. Um, and, uh, you know, there are... Um, my mom loves Kay Arthur um, and the Precepts Bible study, and that is, I mean, that's some serious digging... Yep. Um, but, you know, when you the jump... Beth Moore studies are Beth, usually good. Beth yeah. Moore studies, I've, yeah. I've um, done lots. Of, I've just probably done almost all of hers. Um, and that's another one that you can even... 
Um, like there's been times in my life when I was busy, crazy working, and I didn't have time to sit and do her workbook stuff, but I bought uh, CDs and would just listen to those in the car. Right. Or like you said, the 10 minutes I had while I was fixing dinner or right. whatever, you know, um, yeah. listen to those Bible studies. And um, yeah. It's awesome. Well, it is about time for us to wrap up our, our afternoon together. But, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to the discipline of study, um, yeah, I mean, it is not something that we have to feel like we have to be experts at day one. Uh, we can take our time to step into it. I'm so grateful uh, for people like you, Camille, who are years into your journey, who can share that, that experience. Um, and, you know, hey, if, if stepping into Bible study is something that you want to do more of, man, it is going to be an awesome thing. Um, you know, for, for me, I think the most important thing to remember is that anything that we do like this, any spiritual discipline, especially the discipline of study, um, it should lead us to worshiping God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wayne Grudem talks about this in his book, Systematic Theology, um, that when we study theology, when we study God's word, it ought to lead us to worship. If it leads us to any other thing, it's probably uh, not doing what it's designed to do in our hearts. You know, the Bible says knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The goal is not to be smarter uh, than the next Christian or to win any arguments. The goal is to grow in the knowledge of God. Yeah. And I think, know his character, know his ways, yeah. know redemption, live in that yeah. and live, live that out. And I think uh, that is the, the beauty of it. And I think for us, it's, this, the, to, to jump in and start uh, doing this, if you don't study the Word of God, I think you're missing out on a great deal of adventure, but more importantly, a great deal of understanding God's character and His ways and, and the gospel. And so start somewhere, get, a, get a, a tool, get get a friend, get a Bible study, and just start. Just start. And, yeah. and it'll go. Well, cool. Well, that concludes our time today. Next week, we'll be back here. We're going to be talking about the spiritual discipline of fasting. Uh, which is going to be a great week to skip. So, (laughs) JK, guys, JK, fasting. Uh, I wonder if I'm going to be having lunch during the fasting discussion. (laughs) We should call it non-lunch hour. Not lunch with Renault, not having lunch. (laughs) But we don't have to be fasting to talk about fasting, Good point, good point. I'm going to eat while we talk about fasting. Hey, we're free in Christ. So, (laughs) it should be a good time. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for being with us. And Camille, thank you for being with us today. Camille, thanks so much. I love it. uh, For lunch hour with Renault. We'll see you guys next week.